0: Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Kennard, for that very gracious introduction, and to the Dean of the Cathedral, Dean Baxter, and to all of the persons who are assembled here, including those who are members of the Academy, and those young people, especially, who have come uh, to learn and to be a part of hopefully what will be the future members of the Academy. I want to say how delighted it is for me to be here and to thank the American Academy of Achievement for inviting me to be a part of this program tonight and for doing such a wonderful job of encouraging young people to pursue excellence to fulfill their potential. I want to acknowledge a very special guest because uh, she's a very special person to me that we have with us tonight and that is sister Aretha Franklin a very dear friend who is not only one of the greatest singers of all time but also a great human being. Aretha strongly supported Martin Luther King Jr. and the Civil Rights Movement and she has supported me, the King Center, and many other worthy causes during her long and distinguished career. And I am delighted to be here among so many young people who have demonstrated an energetic commitment to excellence and achievement. I want to congratulate all of you for your hard work and dedication, which has brought you to this wonderful program. I know something about what it is like to be a young person struggling to succeed against adversity. As an African American child growing up in the segregated South, I was told one way or another almost every day of my life that I wasn't as good as a white child. When I went to the movies with other black children, we had to sit in the balcony while the white kids got. To sit in the better seats below. We had to walk to school while the white children rode in school buses paid for by our parents' taxes. Such messages saying we were inferior were a daily part of our lives. But I was blessed with parents who taught me not to let anyone make me feel like I wasn't good enough. And as my mother told me, You are just as good as anyone else. You get an education and try to be somebody, then you won't have to be kicked around by anybody, and you won't have to depend on anyone for your livelihood, not even a man. Encouraged by my parents, I developed a determination to get the best education I could, I received a scholarship to Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. And after completing my studies in music and education, I applied for and received a scholarship to the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston, where I studied to become a concert singer. As a result of my upbringing, I had a strong faith in God and in allowing myself to submit to God's will for my and purpose for my life, and I believe it was God's will and purpose for my life that led me to Boston, where I met Martin Luther King, Jr. After we married, we moved to Montgomery, Alabama, where my husband had accepted an invitation to be the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Before long, we found ourselves in the middle of the Montgomery bus boycott, and Martin was elected leader of the protest movement. As the boycott continued, I had a growing sense that I, had, I was involved in something so much greater than myself, something of profound historic importance. I came to the realization that we had been thrust into the forefront of a movement to liberate oppressed people, not only in Montgomery, but also throughout our country, and this movement had worldwide implications. I felt blessed to have been called to be a part of such a noble and historic cause. After we were successful in desegregating the buses in Montgomery, the nonviolent revolution we launched in Montgomery spread like a prairie fire across the southern states. My husband led nonviolent protest campaigns against racism and segregation in cities across the South as well as in, the, in Chicago, Cleveland and other cities in the North. During this time, I had three more children and participated in movement activities as much as possible. People ask me, how was I able to do this and raise four children at the same time? I can only reply that when God calls you to a great task, He provides you with the strength to accomplish what He has called you to do. Faith and prayer, family and friends were always available when I needed them. And of course, Martin and I always were there for each other. I learned that when you are willing to make sacrifices for a great cause, you will never be alone because you will have divine companionship and the support of good people. And this same faith and cosmic companionship sustained me after my husband was assassinated and gave me the strength to make my contribution to carrying forward his unfinished work. On March 31, 1968, just four days before Martin was assassinated, As it has been said by Dean Baxter, he delivered his last sermon entitled Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution right here in this cathedral. In the sermon, Martin inspired us with his unshakable faith in the triumph of good over evil, and he said, with this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair, the stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discord of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. And so today, I want to challenge you to make a courageous commitment, not only to achieve personal success, but to use your success to help create this beautiful symphony of brotherhood and sisterhood. And if you embrace this challenge with prayer and faith and determination, you will surely succeed. And the 21st century will become a glorious new age of peace and progress for all humankind. May God bless you all and give you the strength to fulfill your dreams. Thank you.